Hey, what's going on, everybody? Brian here. Um, if you haven't done it yet and you're interested, check out the GoV Wi-Fi Hygrometer Thermometer. Uh, it's available on Amazon, and I'll have a link in the description of the episode. But the GoV Wi-Fi Hygrometer Thermometer, uh, if you use the code HERF4321, that'll save you 20% off the price. So check that out. That code is good till December 18th. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, other than that, so Paul Bush. Paul Bush is a great guy. He's the owner of flatbedcigarcompany.com or Flatbed Cigar Company. The website is flatbedcigarcompany.com, um, which if you've listened to the show before, you know that if you go there, you could save 25% off your first order with the code HC25. So this episode is me sitting down talking to Paul uh, via phone. Uh, it's the first time I've done an episode without actually being able to see somebody, uh, whether it be in person or through video chat. But anyway, I think it went really well. We had a really good conversation. Um, you know, Paul stuck with me uh, through some mishaps in the beginning, but all in all, uh, I think we had a, a pretty good episode. So I hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to check out the Govi Wi-Fi Hygrometer Thermometer and flatbedcigarcompany.com. Uh, try them out. So, um, like, subscribe, rate, review on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, check out my website, theherfcast.com. You could join the CRA from there. You could donate to my Patreon from there. I have links for the Patreon on there. Uh, there's also a link for flatbedcigarcompany.com. Um, you know, email me, brian at theherfcast.com. Let me know if you have any suggestions, uh, complaints, anything. Let me know. Twitter is the underscore Herfcast, and Facebook and Instagram are both the Herfcast podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, so this is an unconventional setup. Um, I've got a microphone in my face. I've got my phone on speakerphone on my lap, and the microphone up to my phone. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> We're going to see if this works. Um, All it, right. it looks like it. I did a, the test sample real quick, and it sounded all right. So we're just going to go with it and wing it. So um, this is Brian with the Herfcast. Um, and tonight you you guys have heard me talk about Flatbed Cigar Company before. Uh, we do have the coupon code, the HC25, if you go to flatbedcigarcompany.com. Uh Tonight, I've got Paul Bush, the owner of Flatbed Cigar Company. So I'm smoking a Hucklebuck. And before we got started, uh, I was asking him what I should pair it with. Um, long story short, I'm, I'm going with some uh, Woodford Reserve right now. And Paul, if you want to uh, you know, say hello and uh, give everybody the rundown, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that's it, it's but, uh, definitely a good go-to. Yeah, we um, it's my wife's favorite. 
I'll tell you, a few years ago, we went on a kick, and we were just, every time we went past a, a liquor store, wherever we were, we'd stop in and, and um, you know, pick up a bottle of whiskey, and we, we started to just collect them, basically. I mean, there's just so many distilleries now. It's amazing. And um, and we're big fans of, of bourbon, and uh, so we would write everything down, and we would test them, and we kind of make notes on everything and pair them with different things. But it, it got to the point where we weren't making a dent in the, in the, the, you know, the selection out there. There's just so many now. It's, and there's so many regional distillers. I mean, it's great, but we wouldn't, uh, if we kept on the, uh, on the route we were on, we wouldn't have got anything done. Cause there are just, <laughs> there are just so many, so many distilleries now. And it's cool to see. I love it. But you, but our list got so long, we looked at each other one day and said, we're spending an awful lot of money on whiskey. And we're drinking a lot, too. Maybe, maybe we, shouldn't, we shouldn't be as uh, diligent about this. So we yeah. backed off a bit, but, but we both love a, a good whiskey. So, and I think the Woodford's her, her favorite. I'll tell you, I was down in Tennessee once, and um, I went through uh, at, uh, the George Dickel um distillery yeah and it's a it's a pretty small operation but it's it's awesome and they use uh, the open fermenters you know and you can go through the old building and the old barrel building it's it's awesome and they have i do see it in our state stores in pennsylvania all the liquor sold through state stores and i do see the george dickel here now there's a there's a uh, there's a rye which is a green label i see that you see the black label quite often. The red label, not not as much. But there's a white label, which is really good. But it's very hard to find. It's um, I just don't see it much. I don't think I've ever seen it in the Pennsylvania State stores. I think I got it out of state. I got the first bottle when I was actually at the distillery, and they have a they have a reserve. But the woman there said the white label she thought was better, and I I you know I tested them. Well, actually, we didn't have any test uh, testing there. You couldn't taste it, but um, I did take the uh, the white bottle, and it was awesome. So, if you guys find it out there, if you ever see it, George Dickel, it's the, it's the white label. It's really good. So, for anyone who who isn't familiar with uh, the Pennsylvania liquor sales and whatnot, can you uh, can you give a quick rundown of that? Basically, all I know of it is that you guys. The, the state sells the same thing at the same price? Is that what it is? Yeah, so it's it's um, it's a little muddied right now. Uh, if I would have been able to tell you. Uh, well, I'll tell you how it's been until the last couple of years. Um, one, uh, beer was sold by the case only. You had to, you would, if you were in the state of Pennsylvania, you wanted to sell beer, you would have to get a license from the state and, and, uh, you know, you could sell beer and you could only sell it by the case. So you would go to a beer store, we call them, you know. And if you wanted to buy wine or hard uh, liquor, that was all controlled by the state. So they were called state stores. I think down in the southeast, you know, Tennessee, I want to say, or Virginia, the, like the ABC stores or something. But in Pennsylvania, they were called the state stores, and, and you could, you, if you wanted a bottle of wine or, or a, you know, a bottle of whiskey, you had to go to one of these state stores, and they were all 
owned by the state, run by the state, employee, all the employees were state employees. And um, you could buy a six pack from like a restaurant or, um, you know, restaurants and bars, they could not sell you a bottle of liquor that was illegal, but they could sell you a six pack. I think the limit was two. So Pennsylvania uh, has some really old, you know, laws on the books. It's a, it's a Quaker state, and it goes back, you know, to our founding. I, I assume as it as it relates to the Quakers and and booze. And then, you know, modern day, it's about the money and the and the state controlling all the state stores. Having said that, in the last couple of years, it's really loosened up. And um, now you can go to a, you know, a beer store and you can buy a six pack now. Um, a couple of years ago, they said, okay, you don't have to buy a case. You can buy, you know, a 12 pack or two six packs. Now, uh, a year later, they said, okay, you, you can you can go to a, a beer store now in Pennsylvania and you can buy uh, a single beer um, and you can mix and match, make your own case, do whatever you want. So it's, it's really loosened up, but um, that's only been the last couple of years. Prior to that, it was it was the way I was saying. You, you had to go to a state store to get your, your hard liquor. You had to go to a beer store to get your beer. And, and it was, uh, and nowhere else. I mean, you could, no, no grocery stores, gas stations, nobody sold any of this stuff. I, I used to go out to uh, Utah a lot. Prior to my cigar business, I was in the dot-com world and I used to go out, I had a client in Utah and I used to go out there a lot and work with them. And, uh, you know, I tell people it's easier to get a beer in Utah than it is in Pennsylvania. I mean, Utah, you, you stop at a gas station to get, fill up your car and you can go in there and, and buy a beer. Nowhere in Pennsylvania, even to this day, you can't do that. Yeah. So it's, uh, but it is starting to loosen up and, and, uh, some of the grocery stores now, um, like my parents live in California. You go to the grocery store and you can buy all the groceries you need. You can buy your, your beer and your wine and your whiskey and put it all in the same cart, check out and go home. Pennsylvania, um, you're starting to be able to buy wine um and uh hard liquor in grocery stores but those that that liquor department is run by the state so they're making it a little bit more convenient but they're still controlling it so it'll probably always be that way but yeah. as long as they just make it easier to shop you know it's it's uh it's pretty cool but there's a there's actually a uh Right down the street from me, a, a new beer distributor opened, and and uh, so you can go in there and you can buy by the case, buy the six pack, buy the singles, like I was telling you about. But now in Pennsylvania, they're they're going to have uh, keg beer in there, and you can go in and fill up like a growler and and buy it by you know this 32, 32 ounce uh, jug, um, which is new for us. And uh, he's also looking to put a cigar lounge in there. So it's it'll be uh, it'll be pretty fun if he can if he can get it all put together. Yeah, it sounds like it. So and this guy, I mean, the microbrew industry. We're talking about how many distilleries there are. The microbrew industry is amazing. I mean, this guy there are so many beers in there. It's so many different brands. It's absolutely. 
absolutely unbelievable. And he carries a lot of cigars, so I said to him, you know, listen, I can put together with my stuff a pairing list for you, and, and uh, especially if he opens up this lounge, it'll be great, because there are so many beers there, and uh, he's got a good assortment of my stuff, and he's got some other guys in there, too, so be a great lounge if he, if he does get it all put together. Yeah, it sounds like it. So, um, so getting back to the cigars a little bit, uh, I mentioned I'm smoking this Hucklebuck. Now, personally, I, I don't know anything about it. Uh, like I said, it was sent to me by, by Kent, uh, my buddy Kent, uh, and I, I haven't had the, the opportunity to look it up at all. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about the, the Hucklebuck? So the Hucklebuck has, um, it's a Cameroon wrapper. So I use, I, one other cigar in the Panacea line, I use a Cameroon wrapper on. It's the, uh, the blue label, the Azul. That's a Cameroon wrapper. Which I, and, I do, uh, my, my favorite blue was, uh, long ago you sent me a, uh, the Azul Pyramid that right. just knocked my socks off. Sorry to interrupt, but. You know, I just had to interject right, there yeah. with that. Yeah, I, I love that pyramid. I love a pyramid shape, but to be honest with you, we don't sell a lot of pyramids. We don't sell a lot of torpedoes either, but the pyramid shape I really like. Um, I, I like it because, you know, it's at the foot it's a 60 ring gauge, but up at the head, you know, it's, it's like a 30, it's probably a 48 or something like that. Depends on where you cut it, you know, if you want to, if you want a smoother draw, you can cut it further up and you can cut it at like a 52, 53, 55 even if you want. You know, it just depends on how much cigar you want to you want to cut away. Or you can cut it right at the very tip. It won't draw very well, but you can cut it down at like a 32 or something, you know. Yeah, but but for, I, I like the I I love the pyramid shape. Yeah, just for some reason that uh that Azul pyramid, I I liked that one more than any of the other blues that I smoked. The shape, the shape matters, you know. I mean, if you, you that's a, that's a, I think that was a six, I, I build it, I build it as like a six by 60, but um, it's only 60 at the foot. And, and then it's obviously a lot, you know, a lot smaller up at the head. But yeah, I mean, a, a pyramid, that's going to smoke differently from the six by 60. That's a, that's just a, a barrel. It's not a pyramid. It's a, it's a tube. Um, it's going uh, it's going to smoke different than the, the Robusto, which is a, a shorter, um, smaller ring gauge. I mean, shapes matter, you know, uh, the length of the cigar matters as far as the heat and the filtering of the, of the tobacco. And, um, so it's, it's true. You know, it's, I, the, the, uh, the Habano blend, for example, I, the red label, I do that in, that's our most popular blend. Um, it's it's a real middle of the road. You know, it is uh, for the guys that like a stronger cigar. It's going to be on the mild side, and the guys that like a mild cigar, it might be a little stronger for them. But it but it's it's okay, you know, for everybody. So that's why it is the number one blend. And, and as a result, I do that in the most shapes and sizes, and we do it uh, in a robusto. I do it that in a Corona. Um, which is a our, my Corona is a 38, and then we we go up to a seven by 60, you know, and 
that seven by sixty is going to smoke a lot different than the Corona. You're going to have a lot more filler, and it's a it's a longer cigar. It's going to smoke cooler than the Corona will, and and all that all that matters. The 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 um, the Hucklebuck is a relatively new cigar for me. The difference with with the Hucklebuck as opposed to the other cigar, the Azul, where I use the Cameroon. Um, that pyramid you liked, there's Pennsylvania broadleaf straight strip in there as part of the filler. And I don't use that in the Hucklebuck. So it's going to be a, you know, it'll be a different profile. The PA41 straight strip, it's a, that's a stronger tobacco. So, um, you know, you really notice that. That's the, that's probably the, the most significant or the signature of that Azul. Um, because of that, that PA Broadleaf in there. I have uh, Olor and Piloto in there as well, and I have some Dominican Seiko. But, uh, and I, I use the Piloto and the Olor and the Hucklebuck too, but I'm not, there's none of the PA 41 in there, and that's really the, the most, you know, significant difference. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I only do that in the Toro, so that's going to be, you know, a little bit, uh, that's going to be a, a, a different experience than, than the pyramid shape. Uh, as well yeah yeah that's i mean so far so good i'm i'm enjoying it and uh you know it is going quite well with the uh with with the woodford so um <laughs> yeah it's it's a cameroon so it is it is a stronger one for me i mean you smoke my stuff and you know um i call myself you know kind of a medium house as far as our cigars go we have uh we have a couple. The New Harvest is a mild cigar. Uh, I do the the Pennsylvania. Uh, I do my uh, um, Panacea Natural, which is uh, a mild cigar. The, that's the the black label. Uh, the brown label Maduro. Even though it's a Maduro wrapper, it's the same interior as the black label Natural. Natural obviously is a is a Connecticut wrapper. But you know those are on the mild side, and then. The red label I talked about, and then after that's the green label, which is the the, the Pennsylvania broadleaf wrapper uh, on that cigar, and uh, and then we do the Corojo, and then, and then the Cameroon is is you know is the stronger is a is a stronger cigar, and I do the Sumatra, I do one one Sumatra cigar, but um, you know. Uh, my strong compared to some of the other guys out there is, is their medium. You know? So even our strong cigars, they're not over the top. You know, yeah. we just, I, I, and I think it just, you know, when I started the company, it was probably like everybody else, right? You, you just, you just blend for yourself in the beginning. You just, you just kind of like putting together cigars and, and try them, and some some I put together, and I'm like, I don't like this; it's too strong. You know? And then other ones, I'm like, ah, this is good, you know. And some yeah. others, I'm like, I don't like this; it's too thin, you know. It just wasn't strong enough. So, so you just play around, and and in the beginning, you, you just it's like anything else; you just kind of doing it to your own taste. Um, and then, um, you know, for me anyway, it was I. I liked my natural, my black label. That was the first cigar I ever did. It's, it's a mild cigar, but, it's, you know, it's really full body as, as far as, you know, smoke. 
it's it's just like it's, it's that white creamy billowy smoke you know so it's even though it was mild uh and strong like when i the other thing about cigars too that i, that I always say to folks it's like they ask me well i like something strong or you know or i say this is mild or i say this is strong it's medium but it's not always there's nicotine strength right so you smoke a cigar and you're like you, your head's kind of rolling a little bit and your brow's starting to sweat because you know it's got a lot of nicotine in it and it's to me that's a really strong cigar although the the, the flavor might not be strong you know the taste profile is not necessarily strong but yeah. there's a lot of nicotine in there so um, you know, so none of my stuff is, we have like the, the PA Broadleaf, the green label, that's, and I, I tell folks, I say, that's a, it's a strong cigar, but it's taste, you know, it's not nicotine. So it's, it's like black coffee. You smoke that and you got, you got all this like great taste. It's very strong. It's very prominent. Maybe prominent is better than strong. Yeah, very the, prominent taste. You know, it's like this black coffee and this walnut taste. It's awesome, but you can sit and smoke that whole cigar, and you don't feel like you need to put it down and go outside and walk around the parking lot a little. Bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's uh, the the strength is in the taste. You know, not the not the the amount of kind of nicotine that's making you a little dizzy or something. Yeah, that's so, and that's when it, when it comes to the flavors and whatnot, like the the stronger flavors. Uh, you know, one of my favorites is, you know, I think probably my favorite from Flatbed, which I, I've said it a few times on here, like in the in the reads and whatnot, uh, the Henshaw Street uh, is is probably my favorite. And then the close second would be that, uh, you know, like you were saying, the, the Pennsylvania Broadleaf, the, the green label. Um, yeah. And then, you know, another another stronger one um, is the uh, the Pennsylvania, which I like, I like telling people about that one that, uh, you know, they, they, they don't like, you know, they like the KFC, but it's too overpowering whatnot. That's, I try to recommend that, that pencil tucky because that, that broadleaf cuts just enough of that KFC out to, uh, to not yeah. be so overpowering. Yeah. Yeah. We, the pencil tucky, we, we, um, we sell a lot of that cigar. I, I want to do it in some more shapes and sizes. I just, you know, I, we're in a bit of a holding pattern because of, the FDA guidance that we've had to start following. I mean, even though there's kind of this, this holding pattern we're in, I mean, we were already down the road a little bit with, uh, as far as, um, getting into, um, compliance with the FDA. So we've submitted everything. And so now we're just kind of waiting, but depending on where that falls, uh, I want to do that in some more sizes. I've had a lot of requests. We do it in a five by 60 and we do it in a, in a, um, I do it in a Lancero and, uh, we were selling a ton of Lanceros. That was a 12 years ago, like Lanceros. I remember we were selling like crazy. Not me. I wasn't making one, but I just remember the industry was selling Lanceros and they just, they died. And, uh, and then a couple of years ago, they picked up again, and and we sold them like crazy for a little bit. And then they died. In my accounts, anyway, that we sell, you know, I don't know. There might be pockets. There might be places that guys still are, are selling them and buying them. But but uh, so I I got that one in. It was kind of a drop dead date that we had to have new stuff on the marketplace. And after after that date, you couldn't introduce anything new. And uh, 
So I got into 5x60, which we sell a ton of cigars in 5x60. And then they have that in the Lancero. But I'd like to offer it in a Toro or a Toro Grande, like something like the size of the Henshaw Street. It's really a Toro Grande. Um, the Route 56, I did several cigars in that 6.5x54 size. Uh, the Billboard, um, the Natural, and the Billboard San Andreas, uh, they are they are in that same size and that's that size sells really well too but but we sell a lot of the pencil tucky in the five by sixty not so much in the lancero and it's and, i, I uh, prefer the lancero did, do you did you have the lancero yeah that's uh well when when we were down there so a couple of years ago uh you know i've mentioned before the cigar palooza that 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 the guys do from uh cigar yeah. geeks and yeah uh a couple of years ago we had it down in Yardley, Pennsylvania, which is where where Paul's at. Um, our our friend Carrie was the one hosting the event, uh, you know, for for the geeks. And then the event at the Cigar Barn uh, is a Cigar Barn in Yardley. Yeah. Okay, so at the event at the Cigar Barn was hosted by by Paul in Flatbed. So I made the mistake of smoking a you know a nice big fat pencil tucky for my first cigar that day and you know everything else after that was just kind of like well shit <laughs> you know kind of kind of screwed my palate up a little bit that it was it was a strong one to start off with uh but then uh one of my orders i i tried out the uh the pencil tucky lanceros and i definitely preferred the lancero over the uh the five by sixty. Oh, that's cool yeah i mean again we we uh the Lancero is a funny thing. All shapes, all shapes are. You know, it's like I used the seven sixty. I introduced the seven by sixty probably three years, four years in. You know, we've been this is our our eleventh year in business. So seven years ago, and and that the seven by sixty sold like crazy, um, like just uh, absolutely crazy for for three or four years, you know, and then it, then it kind of slowed down and five by 60, we still sell a lot of, but all the sizes come and go, you yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's like anything else, you know, you, you kind of just want to try something new. Yeah. And, uh, but what's nice about, uh, for the cigar lover out there, you know, what's nice about it, like, I'll plan my inventory for the, for the coming year, you know, based on what we sold, you know, the present year and the year prior. And so I'll have a, like a, I'll order up a whole bunch of 760 to be made, you know? And, uh, and then all of a sudden, and you're out in front of it a year. So by the time those things are, are ready to sell and I have them in my warehouse, the 760, for example, was dead. Yeah, <laughs> People yeah. People weren't buying it anymore. But what's great is they just did an inventory for three years, and then all of a sudden it takes off again, and the cigar has, you know, instead of being rolled and sitting for a year, now it's been rolled and sitting for four years. So it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a different cigar, you know. So it, it's, uh, it, it ties up a lot of money in inventory, but when the product you know, c- kind of starts going again. Uh, it's not like it's, uh, it's only gotten better. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. You know, it's, I've got some cigars down there that, um, 
I just found a couple boxes the other day, and I can tell by the box that a lot of things change. You know, we used to have a, a P on our label, and we got sued by another cigar company, so we we had to get rid of the P, and I replaced it um, with a star. And some of the, the box has the P on it on the logo, and it, it also has it on the band. So I know, and the box itself was we make the box differently now, and I can tell by the box and the band that these things are probably eight years old. Oh, and, nice. uh, so yeah, I found just, they were just kind of sitting in the back of the back of the warehouse on a shelf and, uh, we were doing a physical inventory or I was doing a physical inventory and I was like, Whoa, these are, these are going to be great. I opened up the one box, you know, and the, the cigars look perfect, but the cello is all brown now. So they, yep. they're going to be some good, good smokes. So, I'll break them out for something eventually. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, you know, it's definitely a nice find. Maybe not so much on the uh, on the storage cost, but um, right. You know, but that's that's definitely definitely a nice surprise. You know, yeah. The the forgot yeah. the forgotten gem in the back. So. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's cool. So, uh, what? How how did you get started? What made you want to have your own cigar business? So, um, a few things, I guess, you know, it's, it's like, I, um, I grew up on, in a, I grew up on a farm and I, I we, you know, we had, uh, we, we had horses and cows. And it, it was a dairy farm that we owned, but, uh, that my parents bought, but the, the guy, it was an actual dairy, but when my parents bought it, it was more of a gentleman's farm you know, a, a hobby for them. So we, we raised some, some cows for beef and we had, you know, sheep and goats and chickens and rabbits and, and, uh, you know, my, my, uh, my dad worked full time and, you know, they did this as a quote unquote hobby. And then the guy that they had bought it from, he moved his milking operation across town to a, a newer farm. And his brother was also in the dairy business and his farm was next door. So that's, that's where I worked, you know, growing up in addition to the work I did on my farm was free. (laughs) And, uh, and then, you know, when I wanted to make money, I'd go work next door. So, uh, so I, I had this farming background and, and then, um, I ended up going to school and, and, uh, I worked in New York for, New York City for ten years, I guess, and and uh, and then I I uh, kind of got burnt out in the city, and I I was back in Pennsylvania, and I got uh, hooked up with uh, this Upstart dot com company, and it, and and what we were doing was it was an e commerce company, so. Um, we were helping businesses uh, transition from a, brick, a traditional brick and mortar retail business, you know, to to an online business, and it was pretty early on. So, you know, nowadays, if you want to start selling something online, you, there's web-based solutions. You can go out there and just have one up and running in a in an hour or two. <laughs> but um, so, I did that. And uh, my boss, I was there for four or five years, and the guy I was, my immediate boss left and, and uh, went to a bank. And then um, 
and then he he brought me over to the bank uh, to work with him and to start this new division where we were basically going to help the bank leverage you know the internet. They didn't know much about it, and and we were just going to help them you know acquire cardholders and uh, help stem attrition through leveraging marketing relationships, uh, specifically online entities. Um, and, uh, that's what we were going to do. That brings us to like 2004, 2005. And, and, um, the banking industry fell apart uh, alongside of all these mortgages that were falling apart and the housing industry was falling apart. And this bank that I was working for got caught up in all of that. Um, and within a couple of years was, and it was a big bank and they were just gone. I mean, completely gone. They, yeah. they were insolvent. So, um, I was, I was out, you know, I was just looking for work and, um, the, the, uh, the vice chairman of the bank, uh, called me one day and he's like, Hey, I'm working on a couple things, you know, I'd like to get you involved. And I said, okay. So I went and met with them. And one of the things he was getting into was um, there's a I'm not they're still out there I don't know how many shops they have but there's a there's a franchise company out there which is a cigar store a retailer and you can buy a franchise and you can open up you know one of these cigar shops in your local mall or something he had bought the rights to the online entity and he knew what I was doing at the bank and what I had done before so he knew that I could help him build out this online cigar store basically so uh that's that's how i really got into it i mean i when i when i started building this business for him um i uh i was really hired you know because of my background in e-commerce and i knew the technology and i and i built the the website and and i hired on all the employees and and we built out the back end the fulfillment uh, piece of it and and um, and uh, and then it was uh, uh, buying all the inventory that we were going to sell and I've always loved cigars you know my my dad had them always on the farm and and uh, as did a lot of the farmers in the area you know so um, I, I just had a blast doing it. It was a lot of fun, you know, but it was a contract. So once my contract was up, I was done with him. It was built. It was running. We were up and running and, and his couple of his kids were graduating from college and they were going to be taking over the business. And it, my job was kind of done. It was built and running and, and making money. So my contract was up and I was, I was gone and I, I started um, doing some more contracting with, other e-commerce companies back up in New York. And, and I found myself in Manhattan again, which I didn't want to be, be there. <laughs> and, uh, but when I was, I, you know, I had, I had gone down to the Dominican a couple times and, and, um, some of the, some of the cigar brands that we wanted to carry on this website, you know, some of them back in, uh, you know, 2000 and I guess six, uh, was about where we're talking about, you know, they, the internet was kind of new and a lot of the cigar manufacturers did not want to sell to anybody online because there were guys out there that were discounting the heck out of it already. And a lot of black marketing kind of going on. 
So I went to the DR a couple times to meet with some of the uh, some of the brands down there that were hesitant to sell to us, you know. But once they met us and you know we we looked them in the eye and shook their hand and said, "We're not going to mess around with your pricing, you know. Don't worry, we're not going to we're not going to do anything to your brand, you know." We just had to go down and meet with them, and then they were like, "Okay, I trust you guys. You know, this will be okay." Um, and I had, uh, you know, I've been down there a few times, and I and uh, the guys that I'm partnered with today, um, I met on one of those trips, and uh, they were in the cigar business. They they were they were working for other cigar companies, other brands, but they also manufactured cigars themselves you know, for friends and, and, and whatever. So I went back down there. I really missed the cigar industry. It was a lot of fun, you know, and I spent about 18 months building this, this company for this other guy. And, uh, I really missed it. We had a lot of fun, you know, like every meeting we had, we were smoking cigars and laughing. And when we went to the Dominican Republic and we met with these guys, you know, we would, we'd have some Brugal and, uh, and have a cigar and our meeting would last five minutes and then we'd, we'd be on to lunch and drinking some Presidente and, and having fun. You know, it, it's just a fun industry. It really is. And and I can tell you that's a lot different from the 10 years I spent in New York and, you know, uh, another six or seven years in the, in the dot-com industry. You know, it's much more, everybody's very serious, <laughs> you know, you weren't smoking cigars in a, in a conference room and, and having some rum, you know, like yeah, it was, yeah. uh, everybody was very serious. So I, and I, and I love the farm aspect of it, you know, like it really reminded me of, of a kid, you know, and I was in my forties at the time. So it, I was kind of at that age where you're looking back and, and, uh, when I was in the DR and on the farms and talking to the guys, it's an agricultural product. As you know, it's, it's all about farming. You know, as much as as much as uh, a lot of the brands can can uh, you know kind of like however you can market your cigar any way you want, you know, and and, and uh, like any product. But when it comes right down to it, it's it's uh, it's very much an agricultural product. It's about the farm, you know. It's, yeah. It's uh, and I really enjoyed that, you know, and and. Uh, I go out and meet with the farmers in Lancaster County and I go in the drying barns and I love to do that. And if I, uh, you know, eventually if we get the green light with the FDA, we're going to, we're going to do some investing and I'd love to, love to grow some tobacco myself and we'll, we'll, uh, maybe take it down that road. That would be but, awesome. Um, but it was, uh, it, it was just it was just a lot of fun. So I, I went back down and I met with these guys. And I said, hey, listen, I'm thinking about starting my own brand. You know, would you guys be interested? And uh, they said, yeah, you know, we'd love to. So we, we started playing around with some blends. And, and um, uh, I said, well, it's, you know, it's uh, I got to keep working. It's not like I just have money falling out of my pockets and I'm going to start this start this business, you know, with a million dollars of seed money or something. It was, <laughs> I worked full time and kind of did it nights and weekends. And we started with one blend in four different sizes, which was the natural I talked about earlier. And, uh, and, uh, I kept working and on nights, you know, on weekends, basically I'd kind of load up the car with samples and I'd go as far as I could go 
south from Philadelphia or Bucks County, you know, and I'd get down to like Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia, and I'd hit smoke shops and hand out samples and spend the night down there and then drive back and hit some more on the way home. Uh, maybe the next day, head up north, you know, I'd head all the way up through Connecticut, up to New York, up to Massachusetts, and, and then kind of back. And I did that for a few years, just calling on smoke shops until probably took three or four years before I, I got enough um, cigar sales uh, generated where I, I stopped taking, you know, any more contract work for, for uh, the dot-coms. And I, and I just, it was one year, kind of like mid-year, I was like, okay, I'm not going to take on any more clients. I'm just going to, I'm going to sell cigars full-time for the next six months and we'll see how it goes. And, um, you know, instead of giving 10% to the business, I was giving, you know, the cigar business, I was giving it a hundred percent, you know, cause I, I didn't take on any more, any yeah, more clients. Yeah. I, I mean, I've had a, had a family and a house and lots of bills to pay and everything. It, it's, it was the only way I could do it. So, and then that, it really took off that, that year, you know, and that was 20, I don't know, that was probably like 2000 and, Oh, 10 or 11, something like that, somewhere in there. And uh, it's been full-time gig since. Oh, that's and, awesome. And back then I owned it. What's that? Oh, I was just saying, that that's awesome. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it did turn out that way because, uh, you know, like you know, we we've had a couple of conversations in the past, and uh, when when I was in Yardley, you know, it was a it was a very brief conversation, but uh, you know, e- even before I met you, you know, I liked the product. Uh, you know, Carrie was definitely good for for sending bombs out with uh, you know within the cigar geeks community. Uh, you know, the the guys that were able to get them, uh, you know, they were very happy to to spread the word for you and. You know, that's I, I know a lot of the guys on Cigar Geeks are fans. Um, that's I'm not sure where where your markets are really outside of Pennsylvania, and now you've got a, a small market up in the uh, northern Wisconsin and Minnesota area due to uh, you know as, as mentioned earlier, Kent Paulson. Uh, you know, yeah. spread, spreading the word, getting you into a couple of shops out there. Um, like, what do you? Do you have any any big pockets outside of Pennsylvania where you're at? We, we, you know, we don't. I mean, Pennsylvania is clearly our biggest pocket, and uh, and then uh, you know, I live right on the Delaware River. It's, you know, down the end of the end of the street here. So right across Delaware is New Jersey. So I mean, I'm a I'm a uh, a par four uh, from from being in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so we're in Jersey. You know, like the, I guess the, we're uh, mid-Atlantic. So we we have a nice presence in Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Um, we do have uh, a, a, a decent little concentration in uh, Maryland, Delaware. Like again, like the mid-Atlantic. And outside of that, there's no like, there's not. Outside of the, the mid-Atlantic, it's just like little spots here and there, not even concentrations. I mean, a couple stores in California, a couple stores in Minnesota, you know, yeah, a couple yeah. stores in, in, in New Hampshire. I mean, it's, it's literally every state, a couple stores. Some states, one store. We're still very small, and it's still all word of mouth. Um, 
you know, I, su- I suppose we could be a, a lot bigger than we are if we went out and did some real heavy advertising. It's it's still word of mouth, you know, but it, it's like we're, we're, we grow every year. Um, we have, we introduce more and more cigars every year. Um, it's a lifestyle that I love. Uh, you know, my family and I, we, we, uh, we're blessed to be able to, you know, have this business. It pays all our bills. We live a, we live a, a very comfortable life. Um, we've got a lot of time together. Uh, you know, we're doing something we absolutely love. We keep putting out new product, doing new things for, for, for our customers. Um, but, but we're, I guess, you know, I, I just, I, I'm not interested in getting back into that same level of, uh, business, you know, that I, that I came to I was talking to a guy the other day. I was in the in the store. You know, he's like, "Well, you can do this and that, and this and that, and the other thing, and everything." And I said, "Yeah, along with all of that comes a ton of headaches. I might as well might as well have stayed in Manhattan doing what I was doing." You know? Yeah. It's um, it was a it was a it's a it's not you know it's a lifestyle change more than as well as as everything. I mean, there's as much weight on that. I put as much weight on being able to be in this industry, have a really comfortable, uh, life with minimal, um, aggravation on a daily basis. It's, it's, it's really a fun industry. I mean, I guess, I guess you, you, and you monitor that you you control that yourself. I mean, if you want to get really big and and have your cigars everywhere, well, that's going to take a lot more effort. That's going to take, a, a different approach to this industry than I want to take. You know, I, I, again, we grow every year, everything we plan, uh, for, we sell, um, we continue to get really high marks as far as ratings and customer feedback. Um, so it's, that's kind of it. We're letting it, the, the growth is all organic. I mean, I, other than, than a couple radio you know things that we do here and there you know you, you, you don't uh i i sent a i sent a i did a mailing like i did a direct mailing direct to consumer mailing and, I, and on, on the mailing it, i said something like the best cigar you've probably ne- never heard of yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. which, is, which is uh which is because when people smoke our cigars they absolutely love them you know and, and uh and uh, and they come back like I came. I have a dot com background, so one of the metrics you look at is repeat customers and, and average order value and all that stuff and and conversion on the website and, and those sort of things. And, like our repeat customers are off the charts. Like once they find us, they're they're back again and again and again and again. And um, it's the same thing, you know, in our retail stores when when folks bring us in. And um, I always go in and, and I like to do kind of like a seating, you know, so we're a new cigar, and you're in a store and I like to go in and like to do an event and hand a cigar to people. And, and once they learn about us, you know, then we sell very well at retail and, and retailers, they want the turn, you know, they don't want product that's, that's not going out the door because it's just tying up their money. So, um, we do very well at retail, provided either somebody there is a big fan and they and they introduce customers to it, 
or or I go in and do events, um, you know, because the the, the you got to get get it in there and in, in the customer's hand, and as soon as they they smoke it, then they then they they love it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's so much it's so much fun. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're doing this, you're doing what you do because you love the industry. It's it's a totally fun industry, and, and I say to my wife all the time, like I, I don't want to turn it into like. Uh, a real headache uh, because once it becomes a headache, it's not fun anymore. You know, it, it needs to stay fun. You yeah, know, once you never it, get tired of it. Once it stops being fun and starts being work, that's where it loses its luster. Yeah, exactly. So you keep it fun, you keep it growing, you keep it moving, and uh, but uh, you, you, you know, you, you just. I'll, uh, you know, uh, again, my background and, and, uh, I, I just, I, I know how you can like really, really, uh, uh, get into 80 and 90 hour work weeks and, uh, and uh, that's not healthy, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's, uh, New York was that pace just because it was New York. And then I went from there into the dot-com industry and the dot-com industry was the was the same way. I mean, we just worked around the, the clock, you know, and it, it's, uh, there was, you find yourself, you know, with no time for your family and, and, uh, and, uh, no time to breathe, you know, you just, it's just work, 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 yeah. which is great. You learn a lot, you know, and everything, but, but, uh, when we decided to, to build this baby, we said, okay, this, this is going to be a life, a lifestyle change too. It's not going to be, you know, 80 hour work weeks, uh, uh, constantly, and and uh, we're gonna we're gonna slow down a little bit. We're gonna do something that we really love, have fun with it, and we'll see what happens. And it's been eleven years, yeah. and uh, we continue we continue to grow. We had started with one blend. Now I got seventy something. So, <laughs> um, and we 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 had the classic. We started with the classic line, and then I did the grande line, and now we did the homestead line, and. Uh, you know, it's just, it's been a blast. I, I, I love it. I really do. I mean, it's, every day is, is a blast. All right. Uh, bear, 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 with, bear with me one second. I need to uh, get a refill here real quick. Okay. I haven't done much with ports. Um, all right, sorry. So, yeah, I I uh, I polished off the Woodford, and I uh, I decided to take up another one of your suggestions uh, before we started. Um, again, like we, uh, Paul's great for sticking with me through this. Uh, you know, I I couldn't get everything to work out the way that I wanted it to work out, and we were. We were talking a little bit beforehand, and uh, you know, he mentioned another good drink with with this cigar would be a uh, would be a porter. So um, I've got a a Breckenridge 
vanilla porter now that I'm going to try with it. So, uh, but no, I I really don't have any any experience with uh, with that. So. Yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the port, I like. They're really sweet. Um, so you don't drink a lot of it, but it's, uh, I just I just like it, you know. it's this. I don't know the one we have. I don't even know where it came from, to be honest with you. Like, we were, we were watching, my wife and I were watching the show, and uh, all through the show they kept drinking port. And, I was, and all of a sudden I was like, wonder if we have any port. So I went to our little liquor cupboard and, uh, we did, we had a, a bottle of port. I don't know how long it's been in there. And, uh, I don't even know. I can't recall the name of it either, but it was a tawny. I know that there's like red and white and, ta- and tawnies and, uh, it was really good. I mean, it had this, it was sweet, like I said, but they're all sweet, but it had a really nice, like, um, really woody finish it, it was uh it was nice but you, you can't drink a lot of them because it's well I, I can't anyway it's, it's too sweet <laughs> but with a cigar i mean they're almost any cigar with this with this port would be a nice uh a nice pairing because the sweetness of it you know it's, it's not and it wasn't real strong so with the cigar you could have a, a natural and you'd be all right you could have a you know, Sumatra and you'd still be all right because it's, it's just because of the port, you know? So as far as, as far as any, you get into, sorry, go ahead. You you get into like, you get into, um, like hoppy beers, really hoppy beers. You have to be careful with the pairings. Like if, you know, one of these super duper, uh, um, hoppy beers with, with, uh, a really mild cigar, it'll, it'll be horrible. You know, if, if it's very hoppy, you're going to have to have something stronger. Like the PA Broadleaf pairs well with a hoppy beer. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's just like the, the, uh, the acidity of it or the alkaline or something. It, it, it'll really throw it. It's, but if something's sweet, it, it really, it really will just go with anything, you know? So as far as any cigar goes, um, Outside of flatbed, what do you like? <clears throat> to be honest with you, I have there's a um, Rocky Patel Sun Grown I've always liked. I haven't had one in a long time, but I remember when he first came out with that. I really loved that cigar. Um, Cao did one. It was called the, I think it was the MX Two, and uh, I used the. I used to smoke that quite a bit. I really love that cigar. I don't know if they still do it or not. I know they've changed hands a couple, at least once anyway. But I, I really, uh, I really love that cigar. Uh, what else? I'm trying to think of. Every time I go into the shop, somebody hands me something that's new. So to be honest, I've got a bunch of them sitting down in, in my humid. I have a shelf in my humidor, and there's so many cigars on there. Um, cause when I'm in a shop, I want to smoke my cigar with, with whomever that's, that's in there, you know? So I, but they'll hand me one, Hey, you got to try this. And I've got so many down there. I've, I've yet to try, but, uh, the, the, the Rocky stuff, the Rocky, um, sun grown. I love that MX two. I really like I'm trying to think of the, one of the, I just had one the other day. I was actually in the cigar barn. And Marvin handed it to me, and I can't remember the name of it, but I did like it. 
Um, oh, what the hell was the name of it? I can't remember what it was now. But anything, anything in that middle range, you know, I'm a big Maduro fan. I love Maduro's like 95% of us we cigar smokers yeah. love the Maduro's. Uh, I'm a natural fan. I, you know, like the Aston Classic, that's, that's a cigar I used to smoke all the time. Um, similar profile to my natural. It's, uh, it's a, a Dominican cigar and it's, it's creamy. It's, vanillary it's uh, you know got that really kind of silky mouth feel it's just a you know it's a mild cigar but it's just a it's a great cigar um and then uh i i don't like anything that's you know we were talking about nicotine earlier some of them are just they're so strong i just find it it's a workout to to smoke the cigar and, and my you know my thoughts of a cigar is you, you want it to have, you want it to be enjoyable. You know, you don't want it to alter your body chemistry while you're while you're trying to smoke the thing. You want to be able to relax want, instead of have a workout. Yeah, you know, you like, you want to be able, you know, you don't want it to just be puffing air. You want to have some notes. You want to have some highs and lows and you, you know, you want it to have some taste. You want, there's got to be something there, but. But you, again, you don't want to feel it rushing through your veins. You know, you you, you <laughs> want to be able to really just enjoy the cigar and enjoy your conversation. Yeah. I remember there was a there was a period of like a year and a half, and I'm th- I'm going back six or seven years when it was like the stronger the better, the stronger the better. You know, and I used to go in and you know trying to sell my cigars to guys, and you know. The, guy in the shop would smoke it and he'd be like yeah it's, it's good you know but you know my guys they really like the really strong ones you know and and I'd say yeah I can tell by your ashtrays you know and I'd, I'd point to these <laughs> ashtrays and like there was cigars in there half smoked you know and it was all the strong ones but you didn't see any of the mild ones half smoked laying in an ashtray you know? yeah yeah and uh, it was true it was like this there are guys that love them you know there's there's some old timers out there that just love them, you know, the stronger, the better, but it was definitely a period where everybody was kind of like the, the strong cigar was the way to go. But those were the ones that were always only half smoked, you know, getting chucked out. So, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was the, the middle of the road ones that everybody really enjoyed. Yeah. I'm going to have to, <laughs> I have to pay a little bit more t- more attention to that when I'm in the lounge to to check and see you know just just kind of walk through and glance at the ashtrays and see see what's laying yeah. there. So there was, um, there was a guy in town. I've, I've told the story a million times. There was a guy right in my town. The, the cigar shops, it, 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 you know, a mile away. And uh, when I was starting the company, I used to go in there and just hang out with the guys and I'd hand out cigars and stuff. And, so the one day when I finally had something ready to go in a box and, I, you know, with a price and, and everything, I'm like, hey, why don't you bring these in? You know, he's like, yeah, I really like them, Paul. You know, a couple guys here like them. But, but you know, they, it's it's just, you know, I don't sell many mild cigars. And, and again, the first cigar I ever did was a mild one. And uh, I said, okay, you know, no problem. And then, you know, 
over the next couple of years, I came out with another cigar and another cigar. It was finally when I came out with the red label that I finally cracked the ice, and he was like, yeah, let's bring him in. I said, okay, finally, you know. <laughs> so he, he, he brought him in, and and, uh, and then they were selling really well, and he's like, well, what, what else you got? You know, I said, well, I got the black label, you know, I got the brown label. And he's like, yeah, all, all right, well, yeah, you go ahead. You know, give us a box each of those in the Toro or something. I said, okay. And, uh, and then, you know, things just opened up from there and he was buying everything. They were selling very well. He was, you know, at the end of the year we had, you know, eight or nine facings on, on a shelf and, and, uh, I'm doing like year end numbers, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at his account. I'm like, holy crap. You know, like he was selling the black label Connecticut's like crazy. Those are the ones three years prior he, he wanted nothing to do with, you know, and, and it wasn't until I came out with the red label that that he was really interested in the cigars. So I called him. And I'm like, hey, guess what your number one selling cigar was last year? Uh, he's like, oh, definitely, definitely the Habano. I said, no. I said, the natural. <laughs> he's like, get out of here. I said, yeah. He, he sold out like three to one over the... Uh, the brown label and the, the Maduro and the Habano, you know. But it's it's like the hardcore guys that kind of, cigar shops all have like a, a group of guys that are there all the time. And they're the real diehard cigar guys. And they, and they do like the stronger ones, you know, for the most part. But it's those weekend guys that come in on their way to the golf course and everything and or, or people coming in just looking for a cigar random you know for a random event or a birthday or something and, and they buy they buy you know the, the milder cigars yeah you know the the regular so, uh, well give me give me something that's not too strong and something that somebody who don't who doesn't normally smoke a cigar is gonna like right right so so uh <laughs> so that's you know, that's, uh, and, and I still see the same thing today. You know, it's like, again, I, I we got the Cameroon, we got the Sumatra, the Route 56, I do in a Sumatra, um, and also the Farmer's Blend. I do one one really big cigar, it's, it's a 6x70, and that's the Farmer's Blend. I do that in the Sumatra, and I, I do it in the Habano Blend also. But, um, you know, so... So we have those, and we have the Cameroons. Uh, we mentioned the, the, the Azul and the Panacea line, and, uh, and then the Hucklebuck. But, uh, but it's definitely those, the, 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 Habon, the Red Label, you know, and the, uh, like the Pencil Tucky, that's a, the, the Kentucky Fire Cured, the Pencil Tucky, those are all medium, medium plus, you know, kind of strength. Those aren't, those aren't like, a, like the Sumatra, you know, they're, they're, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of profile there. There's a lot of, of different notes you'll pick up and everything, but it's but it's you know it's not uh, it's just not a Sumatra wrapper. I mean, those are just a, a stronger wrapper. And the same yeah. thing with the Cameroon. The way I blend the Cameroons, I mean, they just I just made them a stronger cigar. But uh, but the other thing I learned too is you got to have a lot of shapes, a lot of sizes, a lot of different blends because everybody you know you, you you just have to you have to introduce new stuff you've always got to be coming up with new things new blends new sizes if it's a 
you know, if it's uh, the, the Habano, like I said earlier, we have that in so many shapes and sizes. And we, we even have uh, the Panacea blend in the Homestead line. It's very similar. The, the, we only change the filler a little bit. So there's, there's a lot of things you can do and reinvent yourself and, and come up with a really cool, you know, new cigar. And, and uh, that's the other thing we're, we're really worried about with, with the FDA um, if things, you know, stay as they are right now, it's, it's going to be almost impossible to, to, to operate in our industry the way we do, because every time you come up with a new shape or a, a new blend is going to have to go through the whole process of, of, uh, you know, the FDA, uh, kind of giving you the green light. So it's, it'll, uh, It'll really, really knock down uh, innovation and and new cigar because even if it's the same blend the way it's written right now, even if it's the same blend but in a different size, that that's considered a, a different you know style or part number or SKU and and that's uh, a different entity and we'll have to go through the process of, of getting uh, FDA approval. Yeah, I think so, that's I think that's something that a lot of people don't really understand that it's it's not just each blend. It is it is every, you know, every blend and every shape of that blend that you roll has to get submitted and that's, you know, it's it, it's ludicrous, really. Yeah. Yeah. So like in the Habano, I, I think, you know, 13, I think we do it 13 different ways or something that same blend, but it's done in 13 different uh, Figurados, you know? Yeah. So, it's uh, each one of those, even though it's the exact same blend, each one of those would have to uh, be submitted for approval. And, uh, you know, if you don't have a, pred- a predicate product to uh, to make it a substantial equivalent, it has to do the full Monty, and that could be a couple hundred thousand dollars or more. Size. Yeah, yeah, and that's so you know that, that's you're, crazy. You're, you're into the you're into the millions quickly. You yeah, know, and it's that, like that, ridiculous. And that goes back to you know earlier talking about the the pyramid shape having such a different profile than say the the robusto or or the toro. Um, you know, everybody likes different things, and so you have to make yeah. all these different sizes to be to be viable. You know. Yeah. 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 And it's, and, uh, and yes, it, it smokes different. So, you know, somebody in the FDA might say, uh huh, it smokes different. Yes, it smokes different, but it's the exact same tobacco. It's just the size that's yeah, going to exactly. make it smoke different and the shape, you know, so it's, it, but it's the exact same tobacco, you know, it's from the same field, the same bale could be rolled by the same person on the same table. Yeah. Exactly yeah. the same. It could be they could both be fifty ring gauges, but one is five and a half inches and the other one is six. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it would have to go through go through its own process. So you know, that that stuff's just it's crazy, but we'll uh we'll see what happens, you know. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, uh, Everybody's in that kind of holding pattern, and everybody's got suspicions, but but uh, nobody really knows. I mean, there's probably one or two people 
in government that know how this is going to go, and the rest of us are just all pontificating. Yeah, ex- expect the worst and hope for the best. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, I don't know. Like, like you and I said when we were when you were setting all the stuff up, I, I feel I feel pretty good because it, there's been some indication that um, for the premium cigar category, anyway, there there may be some maybe some hope and. Even with the jewel products or the uh, the e cigs and stuff, now it, it seems like there's a little light uh, coming in because um, of some of the, the the recent studies that have been. They obviously have some problems with some of these things catching right. on fire and everything. But as as far as overall health and actually trying to get people to quit smoking cigarettes i mean it's it's entirely different from our our case with premium cigars but even when it looked like you know that the e-cig stuff was was definitely they were going to come down hard on that now there's these studies that's showing hey listen you know it is still nicotine but it's the delivery system is a lot safer than burning tobacco yeah uh, but still then chemicals that that are that are on cigarettes so who knows yeah, but then still we'll, now we'll, now they're they're talking about popcorn lung and and stuff like that with those e cigs and and vaping and whatnot. Yeah. It's you know you yeah. it's uh, hell it's uh you know six to one half dozen to the other you know it, it it's yeah I, I guess you know again with the premium cigars I mean we've been smoking for a couple hundred years here and they really haven't changed. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, so you know I I think about that I think about that at work a lot. Um, uh, one time at work. I was smoking a cigar. I finished a cigar on lunch, and the the uh, the band was off. And I, you know, I it was it was at the end, and I threw it in the grass. And I had somebody say, "Oh, you're just gonna you're just gonna throw that in the grass?" I said, "What? A, a bundle of leaves? Yeah, I'm gonna throw a bundle right. of leaves in the grass. Like there, there's absolutely right. nothing. There's nothing in here that is unnatural. There's nothing in here that's you know technically any different than what's on the ground already." You know, it's 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 a it's a bunch of leaves. There there's no chemicals. There's there's nothing. There's hell. There's no paper on there. I took the band off. You know, um, right? Yeah. You know, I, I and I think that's another thing that that, that goes you know misunderstood with the uh, premium cigar industry is that you know I mean with the exception of anything that's infused, you're you're not looking yeah. at any added chemicals or anything like that. It's it's purely a blend of different tobacco leaves. You know, it's not it's not a blend yeah. of it's not a blend of chemicals. Um you know, that's I don't know. I, I, I really hope that they take a, a long hard look at it and I, I definitely hope that they vote in our favor. You know, uh, our our favor meaning meaning us the uh the, the, the premium consumer, you know. Yeah. Well I'll, I'll tell you like this this meeting we were, I was also we were talking about again while you were getting things set up. So this meeting a month or two ago, day two is when they were supposed to cover um, premium cigars. Day one was all about cigarettes. Day day one was these manufacturers still having a difficult time. Cigarette manufacturers still having a different a difficult time from two thousand and nine trying to figure out um, and get into compliance as it relates to cigarettes. And the cigarette companies, they have PhDs and MDs and 
chemical engineers on staff. And they're having a hard time with that level of, um, you know, specific um, uh, guidance and, and knowledge to fill out these reports. Many, many of the, many of the compliance requirements had to be done by even, even having MDs on staff and, and uh, chemical engineers, these reports had to be outsourced to, uh, uh, in order to get the information that they were asking for. So, you know, with the level of sophistication that the, 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 the cigarette tobaccos have possessed, they still had to go to outside resources, research firms, etc., testing companies, to, to come up with the information needed to hand over to the FDA to, to become compliant. In the tobacco industry, nobody has those people on board. And I'm not sure, I, I just don't think that some of the information that they're requesting Will, will ever be delivered because there's just there's just no one in the industry that that's going to be able to s- supply this stuff. It, it's going to have to change. I mean, it, it, there's just no question about it. it. It will change. I just don't know what it's going to change to. But there's there's just some stuff they're asking for that it, there's no one that's going to be able to supply it. It's just yeah. you know, uh, it, <laughs> so it's so it's. Uh, it's a, it's a head scratcher, you know. Every time I I, I go back to it, and we we kind of are following along on on their websites and what what's next, and there's other resources out there where we can kind of get up to speed. You just scratch your head and say, "Holy smoke!" Somebody at some point is going to have to figure this out and let us know what's going on. But the way it's written right now, nobody will even be able to get uh, into compliance because some of the requested data just doesn't exist and it'll take it would take several years to, to compile it I mean some of this stuff is you know you'll have to test it and it'll take time um, a significant amount of time to 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 get to the answers they're looking for so so we'll see but in the, in the meantime we're just gonna keep doing what we're doing and having fun and and uh, just see what happens yeah. There's nothing else we can do, you know. So, um earlier you mentioned uh, you know, the the shelf in in your humidor at home. Yeah. Um so I'm curious on what kind of storage somebody has at home when they have a warehouse so close by. <laughs> so you, you you end up with a lot of cigars. It's been 11 years. <laughs> So the entire basement at this point is full of cigars. So did did, did, uh, did you convert the the basement into like a, a full size walk in humidor or you know how how yep, do you go about yep, that? It, yep, exactly. So <laughs> you know I've got a I've got our home is an older home. It's you know ninety something years old, but uh, but and it's got a full basement. So uh, you know it's not on a slab. It's it's a basement. So. Uh, all I did was we insulated it. You uh, framed it off with two by fours. You used blue board and 
and uh, and we can uh, we have heat down there. We have uh, humidification. We can we can control the te- we can, we keep it at seventy and seventy year round. So it's basically the the uh, the whole basement, with the exception of uh, one area where where we have a uh, you know a washer and dryer and the furnace over in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the basement is like. It's like, uh, you know, you see these people, they have these, uh, they put these wine cellars in, you know, in, in their uh, in their homes down in their basement. They turn it into a wine cellar. Well, that's what we did, and, and it's, a, it's a humidor. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, definitely definitely something that I I, I aspire to there. Um, that's I, I know one of, one of my buddies, uh, he had basically like a full lounge in his basement, Um and you know walk in humidor everything and then uh the next room he had uh a a wine cellar for the wife and you know that that's one of those things that i all right you know may, maybe the steel mill could could give this to me someday <laughs> <laughs> yeah so well, we did uh there there was um there was a there's a, a friend of mine from high school he he i don't know if it's still on tv anymore there was there was this uh he was he was doing one of those reality shows, you know, it was called barn hunters. Yeah. And, uh, so that's his business is, um, he, he, uh, he, he takes old barns, you know, here in Bucks County and I think all over Pennsylvania. And I, I think even, you know, up into new England and he, he uh, has clients and they'll, they'll, uh, if they have a piece of property and they, and they want to, want a barn on it turned into a home he'll, he'll find a barn somewhere and they'll take it apart and rebuild it so anyway there was this tv show on uh, a&e or discovery channel or something i, I don't remember what it was on <clears throat> called barn hunters and um this guy one of his clients uh had this incredible wine cellar built in his in this barn i mean this house was just amazing so it's like this big old hand-hewn timber-framed barn you know that they turn into their their home and then um in one section of it they they put this wine cellar and um and he wanted a cigar lounge so they they came and got me the producers with with uh with sean and and they and they said hey you know can you build this guy a, a humidor you know and i said yeah you know i can do that so He's like, well, I, you know, what do you say? I said, you can make a humidor out of anything. You know, you can, you can build a, a, you know, a walk-in humidor or just a cabinet humidor. You know, so I just, I found this old, or Sean found this old, old piece of furniture like it was an old curio type thing. You know, and and uh, so all we had to do is is uh, we lined it with. Uh, with some cedar and, and we sealed everything up to keep the humidity in there. And it was part of one of the, ep- the episodes. So they, they came to the house and my shop where we were making this thing. And, and, um, and then we, we presented it to this guy, you know, and put it down in his, in his, uh, in his man cave, so to speak. It, it was awesome. So it was like, all one side was all his wine. And then he had this really cool lounge area with, with this, uh, you know, with this this cabinet, I this humidor I made for him out of, out of an old cabinet. I I did a I used to do a lot of that. I haven't done as much, but I, I used to make them for shops. So 
you know, early on when I was going out and, and I was doing all the selling, uh, you know, a lot of the shops were like, well, I, I don't have any, I love your cigars. You know, I just, I don't have any, I don't have any room. I, and I, I, you know, a lot of the shops have walk-in humidors, but a lot of the shops don't, you know, they just have wall humidors. So yeah. I would go, I would go buy old pieces of furniture and, um, uh, Oh, and I, I had done this for Sean. Uh, that's how they, that's how they came to me to, to do the show with them because I, I had uh, done one for, for Sean owns a, um, he owns a, a company called Hume, Hume Spirits. And it's, a, he, he's the distiller. It's a distillery. And, uh, he opened up a, uh, a tasting room at the distillery and, uh, he wanted to carry cigars. So I, I made him this, you know, humidor out of a, out of an old, uh, like a kitchen hutch type thing. Yeah, so I'd, yeah. I'd, you know, I'd go find, I'd go find these things a- anywhere, and I would just convert them into humidors, and I, I put them in shops. And we, we're in a bunch of wineries in in uh, Virginia and in North Carolina, and and uh, so I, I make I make these things, these cool old humidors uh, for them, and and we just we that's how we. We got in a lot of cigar shops, and and that's how we, you know, we got in these wineries. We just we just made them for them, and and they're cool. You know, they work perfectly, and and they they look cooler than just going and buying something from one of the suppliers. You know, they we I I just go find old old hutches and curios and things at uh, tag sales or you know these thrift shops, Salvation Army, any place selling old furniture and we, we strip them down and, and, uh, you know, we'll put new hardware on them and we'll seal them up and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put the humidification systems in there and, and, uh, it's a lot of fun because everyone's different. And, uh, and that's, that's again, how we cut in a lot of shops because we, we provided the humidor. Yeah. And, and they attract attention because they're, they're, you know, really unique looking. They're they're completely different. So, um, you know, people, what's that? You know, and they'll start with the cabinet, and then uh, we'll have all the cigars in there, and it's just another way to, you know, market it at the at the brick and mortar level. Just just to set yourself apart, you know, from the from the rest of the brands. You know, you you seem to do a lot of that um, because listening to you talk about that, that makes me think of. Like you have the uh, the mason jar samplers and whatnot that the, yeah. uh, that you have in the B and M's, um, where you could get, you know, it just like I said, it's a, it's a mason jar with what is it eight eight ten cigars um, yeah. sampler. Yeah. So that's something that catches everybody's eye. Like what the why the hell is that? Oh hey, that's a that's a sampler. You know, it's it's something different that catches your eye. And yeah, that's you talking about the 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 custom humidors for that. But yeah, it's definitely along the same lines there. Yeah, that, and a lot of the stuff, you know, like it just came out of necessity. You know, it's like again, I, it's not like I had a million bucks and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna. And it's, I'm sure I'm not the only one that started in this industry this way. I'm sure a lot of the guys did, you know. But it, I, it wasn't, you know. I couldn't, if somebody said to me, yeah, Paul, I'd like to carry your cigars, I'd need a humidor. Well, I, I knew those were a couple thousand dollars. I certainly couldn't buy the guy a $2,000 humidor. Yeah. And stick it in there, and it would look like all the rest of them anyway, and, 
you know. But I thought, hey, if I make this guy a humidor, I can put my name on it, big letters across the back, and I can I can do something that's gonna, you know, attract attention to the humidor itself, and then they'll see what's inside. So, and the mason jars and all that stuff, same, same thing. You know, we were coming up with with ideas for you know, the holiday season, gift, gift, gift giving ideas and things like that. And, um, and, uh, you know, so the, the mason jars, you know, I, I always have them. I always had them at home. You know, I, I, I drink out of them. We, we, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we just use them, you know, we use yeah. them. We, I, you know, they're just always around. So, um, I was like, wow, this would be a good idea. So I took one down one day and I, I, I put the cigars in there. So we, I found one, like, uh, we do the white, the white lightning sampler and there's that, that jar, that particular jar we use, there's, it fits 10 cigars. And then we do another one, which is the moon, the moon, uh, moonshine sampler. That jar is a little bit bigger and we can fit 13 cigars in there. So one is like, uh, mild and medium blends, and the other one is kind of you know medium to strong. And then we do the hooch sampler, which is a, a quart mason mason jar, and that holds, I think it's like twenty twenty seven sixties or fifteen seven sixties. And uh, yeah, and it's unique. We we just I I can't tell you how many of those I just shipped in the last two months because people want them you know for Christmas. Yeah, even so even. Uh... They, You've got the paint cans as well. Yeah, so we have the paint can sampler that that holds like one of every cigar we make. Yeah, yeah, so, just uh, just really really original ideas that that you know they do the job they they catch your eye. Yeah, and and again, it kind of it it, it 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 came from like I can buy I can buy you know twenty of these I don't have to buy twenty thousand like yeah, you know, some, yeah some of the things when you, when you get into real specific things like you call these packaging companies and stuff and you're like oh that's a pretty cool thing and you gotta buy a truckload of them you know and 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 the other thing is um you learn you know if you look at the packaging that's out there like in our industry it's all this it's all very similar because you, there's only so many places you can go to get it and that's like that's like a lot of industries so I, I just feel like I'm just going to do something completely different, you know? And, uh, we, we sell this one product. I got, got to tell you, it's the, it's the most pain in the butt thing we do. It's, it's called the, the, uh, it's called the whiskey maple. So, uh, so I take a, I take a piece of maple wood, like you would burn in your fireplace. And I, I auger out a, 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 a hole down through the log and then we we uh, we pour whiskey in there, and we slosh it around, and uh, and we let it we let it dry, essentially. And uh, so when we get an order for it, you know, then we'll slide one of our cigars down in there, and we'll put the cork back on, and uh, and then we we shrink wrap it, and we, we do some other stuff to uh, other stuff to it. But essentially, you're gonna you get a log in the mail, and it's uh, it's it says panacea on it and uh, there'll be some sort of postcard staple to it, <laughs> whatever we're doing. And, um, and then you pull the cork out of the top of this thing and you, you, you pull a tab and you, and you pull the cigar out. 
and you'll you'll have a cigar that that will have a whiff of uh, of uh, of whiskey that that's been in there and dried now on the inside. So the reason I, it, it's uh, it's it's a lot of work to drill to drill the holes in all this all this all this wood. It's crazy. No, for uh, you know for a single cigar sale, but. But uh, there's a guy in in a, there's a shop. It's called the Cigar Vault. They're out I, I was in just I was just going to mention uh, the Cigar Vault was was the host of Cigar Palooza this past year, and I was down there. And I was going to say I'm glad you mentioned the maple because I completely forgot about that. And when I when I when I got down there, uh, Brian wasn't at the shop when I when I first went in. Uh, I went in oh, early, oh. and Kirby was there, and um, I look down and I see this. I see this wedge of wood. And I look and say, "What the hell is that?" Because I because I seen flatbed on it. I say, "What the what the hell?" And uh, he he explained it to me. I said, "That is that is that is fucking genius." You know, I I absolutely loved it. Um, but yeah, uh, the cigar vault in Buda, Texas is. Uh, ha- have you been there or no? Yeah, I, I was. Uh, my wife and I were out there in like March, I think, and uh, I, I'm looking forward. I'm going to go out there again if, if they'll have me. Uh, I, I had a great time. It's a, it's a. I love that little town. It's and uh, the shop is awesome. It's and uh, the, the guys in there couldn't have been cooler. Like the nicest guys to just sit and hang out with. And and the crowd that they get is it it, it blew my mind. Uh, you know, yeah. like, like I said, I was there. I was there for the weekend. And, you know, that, that was the, the center point for the weekend in general, plus uh, any free time that I had was there. Um, just, a, just a fantastic, it's, it's a small lounge uh, with, yeah. a, with a small walk-in. The, the walk-in is the old, it's the original bank vault. And right. the, but the crowd that they get in there just blows my mind. They, they, have, all well, age, they have all ages, they have men, they have women. Everybody's smoking cigars, like that. That's that's what yeah. sets them apart from from everywhere else. Every other cool lounge, um, yeah. I, I think that's what sets them apart. Is that everybody in there is smoking cigars, whether whether it's a a twenty four year old woman or a sixty year old man or or anything. Um, and you know, it it it's a fantastic spot. Like if if anybody's ever out towards Austin. Uh, and you enjoy cigars and local beer, uh, go check out the Cigar Vault in Buda for sure. And and you know pick pick up one of those uh, one of those maple logs with with the flatbed in it. Yeah, he uh, Brian's a, he's a cool guy, and and he's just fun and and mellow, and and everybody there was just it's just you know it was just a, it's a fun place. And and it's it's uh, just I don't know you can't put your finger on it. There's there's some some places just have a really good vibe and people are nice and fun and enjoying what they're doing and and that's definitely one of those places. You know, it's it's really cool. Yeah, that, that's, but uh, that, go ahead. So he 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 sells, he sells a bunch of those things. He just ordered another dozen the other day. And but I'll tell you how that how that thing happened. Right, so. There was this distributor down in in uh, northern, uh, well, in Virginia, not northern. It was, I think they're down in like uh, can't remember the name of the town. Not northern Virginia, but kind of 
I guess halfway down. Uh, what the heck's the name of the town there? I, I can't think of it. They're in Virginia. It's a distributor. And I had met them out at the I, I, uh, the um, out at the show in Vegas. And um, I had met the guy. And, and I kept, I, I really wanted to get in with this shop because not only is it a shop, he's like, a, he's a distributor too, you know? So I'm like, ah, I'd really like to, to get, to get in with this dude. And a couple of the other guys in the industry that I would talk to, yeah, yeah you know, you really don't want to get in with that guy because he, they, they distribute to everybody down there. It'd be a, it'd be a, it'd be a really nice in for you and everything. I kept calling him and calling him and following up and kind of get blown off and, Finally, one day, I was like, I got to get this guy's attention some, somehow. So I, I took a really big piece of wood, much bigger than the, the ones that you saw in Buddha. I, I mean, I, like, split it in my backyard. I had a nice-sized piece of maple out there and split it into four pieces. So it was probably a five-pound log <laughs> when I was done with it. And I drilled a hole in it and put the cigar in there, and I stapled my business card to the outside of the log. <laughs> and I put it in, I put it in a box, and I and I shipped it to the guy. And uh, when I didn't even get a, a phone call or an email from him, at least at least with a with a, a, a laugh, you know, I, I knew I was uh, not getting anywhere with the dude. <laughs> but I I just was trying to get his attention, you know, like, but must have not had a sense of humor either. So I. Uh, I, I didn't uh, pursue trying to get in there anymore, but no need because we're like like we said earlier, where we continue to grow and and uh, we pick up new stores all the time. And and to be honest, you know, like you get in with some of these big distributors, it, it might be difficult to you know meet their numbers anyway. If if you ever hooked on, you know, we we'd have to. I wouldn't want to not sell anybody else we're selling or whatever. So we, we would have to kind of put it on. We'd have to put it out a year anyway to, to get going with somebody. But, but well, that's how that, that's how that started. And, um, I was telling a couple people about it and they were laughing and, and I was like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll put it on the website and, uh, put it on the website and, and, uh, an order started coming in. And I was like, Oh, I created a monster because, it's uh, I, I'm not really set up. I don't have a drill press or anything where I could just kind of put these things into a, uh, you know, an assembly line mode. I gotta put the piece of wood in a vise, and I gotta hand drill and drill a hole out. So it's um, it's a lot of work for, to sell one cigar because there's just one, there's yeah, one cigar yeah. in there. You know, it's uh, it's a lot easier to sell a box when there's twenty in there. <laughs> Wow. But uh, so you, you you make you sell a box of twenty you made you made a couple bucks you you sell one cigar with a drilled out hole and a log you, you really didn't make any money yeah. at, at the end of the day because all, all the time you put into it but but it's yeah. fun and and, uh, and we're talking about it and people they do talk about it I, I've got some some new ideas too that I'm going to do next year awesome. as far as fun fun packaging ideas yeah I'm just working on a couple things now but but we'll probably do it early early next year we'll we'll have it available yeah that's i'm not sure if uh if you've seen the pictures of my 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 makeshift studio here i call it the black flannel studio it's corner in my garage and 
I've got um, you know black flannel on the walls with a bunch of cigar boxes and a couple of posters and whatnot. And um, you know, you you bring it up the uh, the maple log uh, made me realize shit. I I need to get one of those logs on my wall. So. <laughs> Well, I'll get I'll get you one, and I'll, I'll send you something else you can put up on the old with the black flannel collection. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I I wish we could have done video. You you would have got a better picture of uh, you know what, you know I I guess uh, what what my situation looks like. Um, like I the the podcast itself, I don't do video, but I I do have to say this is this is a a new adventure for me with with the the setup that I'm I'm doing right now. With uh, the cell phone on the lap, with the microphone up to that, and um, I'm just I'm staring at the uh, at the wavelength as I talk to you. Uh, but I, I I I definitely think it's it's going. I, I think it's going well for for what it is for sure. Like this is this is a good time. Well, that's cool. Well, hopefully it's all working the way you want it to. Yeah, that's uh, I it it. As far as I know, it sounds all right. I guess I'll find out. Uh, I'll find out on Friday when I post it. So, <laughs> so um, I don't know. You got anything? Uh, anything new and exciting you want to talk about? Or well, we've talked about a lot of stuff. You know, um, for us, I guess. For us, I guess what's weighing heaviest on our mind, other than like. You know, I've got these uh, this new packaging stuff I'm going to come out with. Like, well, I can say the VLI, the Hucklebuck, and the Harvest. Those those three cigars. Um, right now, they're they're only available on the website. Um, I have them in a couple stores, but we just put them in trays because I, I don't have the the boxes for them. But in the spring, well, probably January, probably next month, we'll have them on the website. Uh, they'll all be, you know, in boxes. Those were, those three blends were blends that I did in a very limited way prior to this cutoff date in 2016 because we had to do that for the FDA. And um, so we made a bunch of cigars. I, I sold them into uh, a couple of local shops. Um, so we had them out there. And, um, and then we had them in the warehouse bundled just waiting for boxes and there were so many other priorities. I, I just, we never got to them and it's been a couple of years. So these cigars have been in bundles in the warehouse for two years and we haven't been selling them because we haven't had the boxes. So we, we finally got that all done. And again, I'll have those up here. Probably the boxes up here. We already have the cigars in PA. So now I'm going to have to go through the process of taking them and, and actually packaging them and, sealing them back up but that'll be all right we'll we'll have those those will be available in 24 count boxes the bli is is selling like crazy uh the bli is a a five and a half by 53 i think and it's a little bit bigger than a robusto and um that one is a pennsylvania wrapper as well as pennsylvania filler but I had to add some Nicaraguan and Dominican Ligero in there as well and a little bit of uh, Seiko because if it was a PA Puro, it, it, I didn't like it in the Puro form. So I, I added a little uh, a little of both, Nicaraguan and, and um, 
Dominican Ligero, and it's really nice. It's a really, uh, um, uh, Buddha, uh, there's a lot of fans, uh, at the Cigar Ball. Yeah. So I've been, I've been sending, I've been priming the pump out there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, they really love it. So once I get it all ready and boxed, I'm sure they'll, uh, they'll be carrying it. So that's new. Um, I told you I have some new packaging for some uh, other samplers we're going to start doing. Um, what else do we have? I, I guess what's, you know, weighing heaviest on us is just, um, uh, you know, over the next next two years, like, we were hoping to know something about the FDA at, at the end of this year, but it doesn't look like we're going to. We're going to hear anything. So yeah. that's the big thing. We're, we're, there's a lot we want to do, but um, I, I, I've been toying with opening up a shop, like uh, moving the warehouse to a facility where I can have a, a retail outlet on the front of the warehouse, you know, kind of combine the two. So we'll have the warehousing going on in the back of the building and the uh the front will be a retail location because I, I think we could we could do a really fun, cool lounge, you know, just w- with our with our branding and and uh, I'd like to do that. So there's a lot of things we want to do. We're just waiting to find out whether it makes sense to, to do the investment. We we I was actually building a. I finally got approval to build a barn uh, for a warehouse. Um, uh, this year, but we decided to to hold off on it. So we were waiting forever. You know, we went through the whole process of the site planning and the architectural drawings and and then the planning and the zoning and everything. And we finally got everything done and we waited and waited and finally got approval. And then we had to do all this wastewater, stormwater runoff calculations and all these other, finally got everything done, finally got the approval. And then we decided, well, maybe it doesn't make sense to, to put that structure up right now until we know because it was very specific to the business. And, you know, we build it, and then all of a sudden, two years, we got to shut everything down. Yeah. Uh, then, we gotta, then we've got this building that's specific, and it doesn't make sense. So there's a ton of stuff we want to do uh, that requires capital investment, and we're just waiting to to find out yeah uh, you know what's what's happening but in the meantime you know we, we we're not investing in buildings and things like that but we're investing in inventory and we're you know coming out with with new new fun cigars that we we've had just kind of sitting in the background um because uh we can always you know we can always sell the cigars and so that's that's kind of what we're doing in the in the interim, just uh, just releasing these new blends that we we've we you know we've had we've been sitting on for a couple of years basically. So, but uh, so there's plenty of fun stuff too as we as we you know kind of wait and see. All right. So one last thing I, I forgot to mention earlier, um, you are a Dominican factory. So what is it like? in the current market to be like the, the current market is so Nicaragua heavy. Yeah. How, how do you feel about having the, the, the shop in the Dominican? 
Like, do you do you, any any opinions on that or? You know, I, I don't know. I I, uh, I don't know. I, it, how I always look at everything is, are we growing? You know, yes. Do we continue to get, the, you know, uh, a bigger share of the marketplace? Yep. You know, are our customers happy with our blends? Yep. You know, that's kind of all I really look at. I, I, don't, I don't look at, like... I don't look at it any other way, you know, like whether we're in Nicaragua or Honduras or Dominican or, yeah. you know, I, I love the guys that I, I love the guys that I'm partnered with. I'm going to work with them forever. We do use, you know, Nicaraguan, uh, tobacco, but I use Brazilian, I use African, I use Pennsylvania, I use Connecticut, I use Ecuador. I mean, we use tobacco from all over the world. Uh, you know, I, I don't ever see myself not, making our cigars where we, where we make them right now. Our, our, our customers love them. I love, uh, I love them. Well, I guess, <laughs> I guess when it, when it, when it comes to that, I, I guess, I mean, um, you know, more along the lines of, uh, do, do you see that reflected at all in sales with such a big boost in Nicaragua? Like, I mean, because even if you're in Nicaragua, you're you're using Dominican, Honduras, Ecuadorian. You're using all different kinds yeah. of tobaccos. Uh, the same thing in the Dominican. Um, do do you see that at all reflected in in sales or or anything else that there's such a big boom in Nicaragua factories? Not necessarily Nicaraguan tobaccos, but Nicaraguan yeah. factories versus having a factory in the Dominican. No, you know, again, I I, I guess. I, I don't because, uh, you know, we, we sold more cigars again this year than we did the year prior, like, like we do every year. So, and I haven't heard, I have, I, I, uh, no, you know, I, I, I haven't heard anything. Um, I haven't seen anything. I haven't felt anything. You know, we, we're, we're selling more cigars. I know that there is like a Nicaraguan kind of, uh, you know, vibe Stig- out stigma, there. Stigma. Yeah, no, yeah. that's, and yeah. I, I asked, I asked, you know, I, I have no knowledge as, as far as that goes. You know, I, I just asked for, you know, personal curiosity, you know, just, I, yeah. I didn't know if that was a factor or not. I don't know if there's been a period of time where, you know, the Dominican cigars, I mean, we all know at one time it was Cuba, 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 right? A long time ago. And, and uh, I haven't been in the industry that long enough or I'm just not knowledgeable enough to know if, if, if it's a cyclical thing where it kind of hops from one, you know, one country to another as, as far as, you know, a lot of a lot of factories opening. I, I don't know. You know, it, it very well could be different incentives for uh, provided or different in, incentives that just uh, show themselves. Um, you know, to, to make one one country uh, all of a sudden have a, a bunch of you know factories open uh, or barriers to entry 
could could loosen, you know, in one country and then another country and another. Um, you know, Nicaraguan tobacco is is obviously sought after. Um, a lot of guys use it, um, but it's the same thing in the in the Dominican Republic. I, I don't know. I, I I don't really have any a good sense for it because I I guess maybe because we just kind of fly under the radar the way we do. And I'm just not in the, um, I'm just not out there in the, in the know, so to speak, you know? So, <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, we, we really run that, that quietly, uh, where I'm kind of, we, we do our, our day to day in our kind of own little world. And, and uh, and we, we literally just look at what we do and try to do it better every day. And, um, and it's a formula that's worked for us. You know, we, we kind of, we, we, we kind of just operate. And when I say we, it's, it's really me. You know, I just, I just operate the way I do because it's, it's comfortable and, and it's low stress and, and we really enjoy every day. So I, I just, uh, I just I'm maybe not in the know. And with that, enough, with that, with that being said, um, you know, earlier you mentioned uh, the the big distributor and whatnot. Um, yeah. you know, that, that, that's one of those things that's really bittersweet because, I mean, one of one of the best things that I I I love about ordering from you is the the little hand handwritten thank you note that 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 you guys write with every shipment and. Um, what is it when when you guys fill orders? Is it is it just you or is it you and your wife? It's, it's generally me. You know, if I need some extra help, Jane helps me, and uh, if um, if uh, and then my daughter helps out as well. But it's it's uh, it's one of the three three of us. Or occasionally, I'll grab um, you know I'll grab somebody from one of the there's two two local cigar shop so if we need extra help with something i'll i'll grab one of those guys and and then uh you know we'll we'll help us at uh like during crunch times and and yeah. uh, and whatever but for the most part it's, it's us and um you know we can this is one of those businesses where so we've been in operation long enough so so we know what it's going to be we know like next year what we're going to sell and of each blend, of each size, of each everything. And those orders have already been done, you know. Uh, they, they were done a year ago. We already have all that stuff for next year sitting in the in the warehouse. So, uh, and then what I'll do next month is uh, I'll plan for the following year at the end of this year. And it's, that's a matter of um, pushing a couple buttons within our inventory system and you, you add, okay, I'm going to be up uh, X percent in that year, and you do the calculation, and now you know what you're going to need for the for the following year, yeah. and you send all that down to the factory, you know? So there's not a lot of moving parts uh, at this point, you know? And it's, um, it's a matter of, of uh, just continuing to do that. So uh, we can we can fulfill uh, the majority of the orders ourselves and, and, uh, and everything else with the help of technology. And it's, it's where I came from. 
you yeah. know, really leveraging the technology to, to monitor everything else where, whereas before you had a couple accountants and, and, uh, or an accountant and, uh, you know, a database guy and perhaps, you know, to do that other stuff. But now that's all the numbers are, are automated and heck everything comes to my phone. Um, yeah. so no matter where I am, if I'm in the warehouse, I, I see everything. There's a computer there as well and the phone and, and it's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So, and then we only ship so many, uh, hours in the day. And then the other time, you know, you can work on creative stuff coming up, you know, with new packaging or new bands or, or whatever. And you come up with, we, my wife's a graphic artist and, and, uh, so she'll come up with something cool, a t-shirt or a hat or a new band or a box design or something. And, and, uh, she creates it and put it in a file and you shoot it off to whoever's producing it for us. And, and, uh, they're either here or in the Dominican and, and it gets done and delivered. Yeah. <laughs> so well, it, you know, like I said, you know, don't, uh, you know, as, as long as possible, don't lose that personal touch with the, with the handwritten thank you. That's, you know, out, outside of the burlap sacks. Um, you know, that's definitely one of my favorite parts about getting the, getting the box in the mail is, uh, you know, just a, a handwritten letter that says thanks for the order, you know, and well, it's uh, it's it's something we'll always do. Quite honestly, you know, it's it's I love it too. You know, I I order parts from, for I've got an old old '53 Chevy that we we cruise around in, and I'm, I'm always ordering stuff for that. You know, and it's you're always not always, but generally that's coming from a you know, a little company somewhere, and it's the same thing. They hand, hand, handwritten note, thanks a lot, you know, here's your uh, your mirror, your seat cover, your speedometer, <laughs> whatever it is you're, <laughs> you're fixing, you know, right. and, and I love that. So, and it's what, it's what we enjoy. We, we really enjoy that, and that's one of the reasons we, we really love the online business is because you do have that touch um, directly to the consumer. Are you, know, you, are you, are you still... Are you still driving that truck around? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that that that's another thing. Like if you if you ever see any advertisements from Flatbed and you got the uh, the Flatbed pickup truck in the picture, that's Paul actually drives that around Yardley, Pennsylvania. Like it's it, it yep. it's it's a sweet truck. I've seen it in person. It's been a couple of years, but uh, you know, it was it was nice to see that on the road instead of on a postcard, you know. It it's actually out there. Yeah, yeah, we had a, we we. I'm going to get a Christmas tree tomorrow, so we'll uh, we'll we'll have it out tomorrow to go get the tree with my with my daughter. Excellent. So, all right, man. Um, all right. We are we are approaching two hours. Um, I I very much appreciate you sitting through all the bullshit that we went through at the beginning, and actually <laughs> actually getting started. Uh, I'm very glad that it worked out. I I would have been super bummed if. Uh, if I smoked that Hucklebuck and wasn't able to record an episode with you, so. Well, it was my it was my pleasure, and uh, I'm glad you did get it figured out. And and anytime, I, I really appreciate appreciate your time, and hope I didn't bore you too much. Oh, absolutely not. This is this is all fascinating to me. I I love talking about it. Other otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this. So, but awesome. um, all right, all right, man. I appreciate it, my friend. Absolutely, anytime. All right, you bet. Have a good, have a good night, and and I'll talk to you soon. All right, I'll talk to you soon. There you have it. 
Don't forget to check out my website, theherfcast.com. Uh, if you do so and you feel like I deserve it, go ahead and throw something on the uh, Patreon account for me. That'd be awesome. Uh, even a dollar. That's amazing. Um, uh, links are on the webpage. Just look for Patreon. Uh, also, you could get to the CRA from there. Join the CRA. You could get to flatbedcigarcompany.com uh, via the link there. So check them out. Check out any past episodes that you haven't listened to. Um, and, you know, upcoming, I'm not sure uh, how it's going to work out, but I'm going to swing shifts. So I'm going to record when I can, uh, but it might be kind of sporadic sometimes. So um, don't forget, like, subscribe, rate, review on whatever platform you're listening on. And that'd be awesome. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. Email me with any questions, concerns, comments, complaints. Brian at theherfcast.com. Thanks again.